Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. For these and other great resources, please visit us at sparkswillfly.cc. Isaiah 43, you there? Um, We had a great time Wednesday night. We went um, and ministered over in Quitman. And um, it's always fun to go over there. Man, they're they're alive and well. I mean, it's just just good to go over there. We just enjoyed ourselves over there. And um, just give a testimony right quick. I can give this, can't I, Miss Michelle? I guess I should have called you for service, but... um, how many members last Sunday we was preaching and we was talking about the goodness of God and the blessing of the Lord and just how God wants to bless us, right? We was preaching and looked over and I said, it's not that far. You know, sometimes that this just show you how God is, you know. Um, that um, And we looked over and we said that, you know, that she could franchise her business and all that other businesses in here. And she called, uh, well, actually Rusty texted me and got a call on Monday morning. Is that right? Tell the people we're not lying. That someone called her and she's franchising her business. Is that true? So, so, listen, we just heard that last Sunday preached and it coming to happen. So God's in the business of confirming his word. So this morning I want to talk about what the theme that was already here. But we, we, we really didn't grab it in worship. So I'm hoping that God's going to give us faith to grab it while I preach, okay? But I do believe that the things are shifting. Things are changing that we are in a new season. And when God says that He'll do a new season, that doesn't mean He's going to repair or replace or or add to the last season. This thing's brand new. You remember when when He told Joshua, "Be of good courage." He said, "I know that you've been to the other side. I know that you I know that y'all went over." But He said, "Listen, you ain't been this way. I'm going to do a new thing. That means you got to stay right there beside me. You got to move when I say move. Have a have an ear to hear." And so God is uh, uh, got us in a whole brand new season. He's not rebuilding the old. He's not repatching the old. Did you hear? He's not in the business of rebuilding your old mistakes. He's giving you brand new, something brand new this morning. So we, we, we want to have faith to believe that. Amen. All right. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I'll do a new thing, and now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I'll even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm telling you, I'm about to walk in a new thing. Tell them, prophesy to them right quick. Come on, I need your help. I'm building your faith up. Look at them say, I'm about to walk in a new thing. Winter's over in my life. Springtime's here. I'm about to walk in a new thing. Come on now. I'm about to walk in a new thing. The old thing didn't kill me. Come on now, I'm about to walk in a new thing. Father, again, give us faith to believe. Lord, we're preaching this morning in the funeral home. Give us faith to believe. Listen to this. I'm going to give you three things. I read this on Wednesday night. Three prophetic words. Comes along with the new season. I didn't prophesy this. I'm repeating what was prophesied, so I guess I believe it. So hold me accountable to it. Things that normally take a long time happen suddenly. We're in a season that things that normally take a long time happen suddenly. It's time we believe for the suddenness of God. God is pictured as a farmer in the Bible, but there are suddenness that God does instantly, friend. Do you believe that? And it's time we believe for the suddenness of God. 
things that never occur happening against ridiculous odds and supernatural interventions. This is the season we're in right now. I didn't say we're coming up on it. I said we're in it right now. And if you believe you're in it right now, you got to change the way you think. You got to change the way you act. You got to change the way you talk. You got to talk different. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It also talks about the power of life and death being in our tongue. Come on, somebody. And if we will learn how to speak a new season, we'll walk in a new season. Hallelujah. So, God help our talk. Am I the only one that needs help with my talk? We are full of doubt. You believe that? You know this, that the power of God, think about this, the Holy Spirit, which is the power of God, is imprisoned in unbelieving believers. My God, that was good. I said the power of God, the Holy Spirit, is imprisoned in the body of unbelieving believers. It's time we believe again. Come on. It's time we believe again with expectation, looking, knowing. Standing in confidence that God is going to move on our behalf. Behold, He's doing a new thing. Listen to this. We, we read these and I want to read them again just to build your faith. I'm not saying that these are my favorite sports teams. I'm not saying it's who I was pulling with, what, although I was pulling for the Cubs in the World Series. But think about this. The Cubs win the World Series. After 108 years, think about it, 108 years. I remember seeing Joe Madden's interview after the game, after 108 years. He said, maybe this will be a sign for other cities that we have broken through, cities that could not break through. Let this be a sign to other cities we have broken through. you got to understand this about breakthrough. When you get breakthrough, it allows somebody else. Listen, sometimes some of our failures that we think, why do we keep failing? Sometimes others' failures allows for others' breakthrough. Come on, are you with me now? You remember before in the before 1950s, nobody believed it was possible that a man could run a mile in under four minutes. They said it's it's impossible. It's impossible. But um, who was it? Um, Roger Bannister, thank you. Roger Bannister became the first man to run a mile in under four minutes and a record that could not be broken for years. When he finally broke through within a few within a few months, it was broken through again. You know what? She's broken through in the franchising of the business. Come on, somebody. That ought to give every business owner in here hope saying, listen, it's a matter of time if it happened for that one over there in that corner. We're in the same family. It's a matter of time for some of that oil is about to get on my business. Come on. There's a difference between hearing an encouraging word and reaching out by faith and grabbing it. Are you with me? So, after 108 years, they break through. In game seven, with a final score of eight to seven, look at the odds that were against them. They fell down three games to one. That means you got to run the table. You gotta make it to game seven. Not only that, you're leaving Chicago and you're going to Cleveland and you got to you got to play and you got to win in front of their fans. They came over they overcame ridiculous odds to win it in game seven to win the World Series. After that, this is all within a 12-month period of time. 
I believe that God uses the things of the world. Listen, when the church won't prophesy, he'll use Hollywood to prophesy. Come on, somebody. When the world, when the church won't believe in the supernatural, he'll raise Harry Potter up in Hollywood till the church believes in the supernatural. Come on. You saying you for, you for Harry Potter? No, I'm saying that's the church's place. Hello. We're to lead the way in innovation, expression, everything of the goodness of God. That is the church. He said we're the head and not the tail. Come on. We're above and not beneath. Y'all all right? I'm prophesying, preaching to you. Building our faith. The calves. With LeBron James. Some say's the best. I still believe number 23 Jordan's the best. He's got his own shoes. How many know he was bad? He was the real deal. LeBron come back to his hometown hoping for a championship. He falls three games to one. He's got to overcome ridiculous odds to get the championship. Now, don't you believe Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors believed they had it in the bag? Not only that, the Golden State Warriors had the best record of anybody in the NBA this, this year. They had the best record. So not only are you up against unridiculous odds to win, you got to beat the best team to win. They had Steph Curry shot like 400 and something, three points. Uh, three-point shots in the regular season. The closest man to him had 200 and something, and they're on the same team. Not only do you got to overcome ridiculous odds of being down three to one, you got to beat the best team that has the two best, best three-point shooters in the world on the team. And the Cavs come back and win it all against ridiculous odds. But here's the one that hurt. The Super Bowl against the New England Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons. All of us Falcon fans at halftime was doing the dirty bird. We had it in the bag. But we're in an unusual season when we should have won. We probably could have won if we hadn't have been in this particular season. I feel God up in here. Do you understand what wouldn't work in one season will work when you get in the right season, friend? Come on, somebody. That... I mean, it's in the bag. We like, look at, look at Matt Ryan. My God, look at Julio Jones, the best. I mean, my God, this is it. You know the Braves always let us down. Georgia always let us down. I mean, we were hoping we were going to overcome it. The big, lady, the big lady didn't get up and sing yet. All of a sudden, the Patriots start mounting a comeback. Tom Brady starts slinging the ball like nobody's business, putting it on the money, right? He forces the game to get in overtime. Out of 50, out of however many years of football, there was 31 records broken that one single game. 31 records in all the history of football broken that one single game. Tom Brady became the first man to win five Super Bowls, the first quarterback to win five Super Bowls. We're in an unusual season. We're in an unusual season. 
Think about the news last week. We're talking about finances. A school invests $15,000 in something called Snapchat. Don't you think this is what the redneck mind would have said? Oh, that's dumb. It won't never be successful. That's crazy. Who's ever going to use that? That $15,000 just turned into $24 million. We're on an unusual season. Do you hear what I'm saying? Listen, I'm not saying that this is your favorite candidate. I done cut up with Miss Mary about it, but think about it. Trump announces a businessman that he's running for president. All of America and all the world laughed at him and said he didn't have a chance. Down 12 points in the poll. Nobody expected him to win. We sat there on Tuesday night and he is the 45th president of the United States. We're on an unusual season. We're in a season to overcome what took generations that could not overcome. I believe we're in a season right now that a generation can overcome. What those that have been addicted for years in the world has rode off and mom and dad has even given up on. I believe we're in a season to see them set free. People would have never thought come to the Lord. Listen, nobody in their family's ever been saved. We're in a season to see them come to the Lord. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Y'all okay? I'm going to pay you extra today, okay? I'm going to pay you extra. That means I got to give them extra love at the door. That's what we pay them. Love. You got to help me prophesy this. Look at this right here. In 2 Kings chapter 6. Now here's the deal. I'm telling you right now that you can hear me preach and you can you can clap your hands and you can rejoice and nothing change. That takes believing in your heart, friend. It's going to take changing the way we think and changing the way we talk come Monday. Listen, I don't care if my bank account says the same thing next Monday. Listen, I know it's a matter of time for something's going to turn around. I don't care how many times he comes home drunk. If he comes home drunk night after night, I know I'm in a season that things are going to turn around. Are you with me now? I don't care how many times that he falls. Listen, I believe that he's going to get back up. I thought about this and I, Clay's already gone because he's going down there to celebrate with his mom her birthday but listen to this I wish I'd told this story before he left he told me this story if you know him Clay or whatever I always cut up with him about the picture of his driver's license don't even look like him strung out on drugs mom and daddy done gave up on him or whatever his mom and dad's fishing one day and they, they go to load the boat up and the dad's back in the trailer in there. Anyhow, the boat come unhooked and it's sailed out in the lake or whatever. Clay's mama started praying and said all of a sudden the wind shifted and turned and blew the boat back right back to the dock. She said when she seen the wind shift and turn and come right back to the dock, she said, she told his daddy, she said, Irvin, you see that? And he said, I'm telling you right now, I believe the wind's about to change on our son, and I believe he's coming. I feel God up in this room. Do you hear me? Clay in a jail cell, he said all of a sudden things begin to turn in his life. When he got free, he knew that he was going to be locked up again, and he called his daddy, and he said, Dad, I'm on the way to your house, and I'm going to tell you one thing. I'm absolutely done with drugs. I'm done with addiction. It's not ruining my life no more. Listen, he's been clean for over a decade. Somebody ought to Give God some glory. I'm telling you, the wind is shifting. The wind is changing. It's turning around. So, 2 Kings chapter 6, 
Verse 24, and it happened after this that Ben-Hadad, king of Syria, gathered all his army and went up and besieged Samaria. And there was a great famine in Samaria, and indeed they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for 80 shekels of silver. And silver, and, and, and one-fourth one of a pint of doves dropping for five shekels of silver. How many knows you're in a severe famine when you're eating donkey's head and doves dung? Then as the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried out to him saying, Help, Lord. Help my Lord, O king. And he said, If the Lord does not help you, where can I find help for you? From the threshing floor or from the wine press? Then the king said to her, What is troubling you? And she answered the woman and said to me, Give your son that we may eat him today and we will eat my son tomorrow. So we bought my son and ate him and I said to her on the next day, give me your son that we may eat him. But she has hidden her son. Now it happened when the king heard these words of the woman that he tore his clothes and as he passed by on the wall, the people looked and there underneath he had sackcloth on his body. And he said, God, do so to me and more also if the head of Elisha the son of Shaphat remains on him today. But Elisha was sitting in the house and the elders were sitting with him. And the king sent a man ahead of him. But before the messenger came to him, he said to the elders, Do you see how this son of a murderer has sent someone to take away my head? Look, when the messenger comes, shut the door and hold him fast at the door. Is, is not the sound of his master's feet behind him. And while he was still talking with them, there was the messenger coming down to him. And then the king said, Surely this calamity is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now look at this. you got to understand where they're at. Hold on right there. Just stay with me right there. Hold on right there. you got to understand where they're at. They're not having a bad week. They're not having a bad month. This is severe famine. How many know you had a bad place now when you look over there and I mean you starving and all of a sudden you look and say, man, Asher don't look too bad today. He looks tasty. And then we come in agreement and say, man, I tell you what, we're going to eat Asher today, but I noticed Judah's awful plump. We're going to cook him tomorrow. This is where they were at. Come on, is this not what's where we were at? So you're in the midst of this famine. You're in the midst of this season. See what happens. Some of us stay in a season too long and we begin to pick up the identity of that season. And we begin to embrace it that that's who we are. My God. See the circumstance doesn't say who I am. It just happens to be where I'm at. Now look, look at this. So then Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is everything. The word determines everything. The word gives you access where there is no access. Come on, somebody. If you believe the word, that's why Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. My words have created power. When I open my mouth, listen, the one that was in the tomb for four days hears that word. He hears say, arise, and that word starts creating life where there was death. Come on, somebody. Jesus said, my words are spirit in their life. So the prophet stands up in the midst of this. 
He says, hear the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, about this time, a, sale, a fine flower will go for one shekel. And a man stood up and said, if God were to open up the windows of heaven, how in the world could this be? This is a man that has lost all hope. When a prophet's telling them tomorrow, there's going to be a divine turnaround. He said, listen here, sir. He said, because you didn't believe, he said, you shall see it with thine eyes, but you will not taste of it. Now think about this. Think about this. What's, what's amazing to me is how this word came to pass. Hold on just a second, right? It's amazing to me how we think, okay, well, we know something big's got to happen for, the, for this famine to break. I mean, now he's saying tomorrow, I mean, where, where, where we've been selling doves dung, where we've been selling donkey's head, people's eating their own children. He said tomorrow, fine flowers going to go for a shekel. So, I mean, there's got to be a divine turnaround. Something's going to happen. So all of us would have probably been looking for a Learjet to sit down out here to bring us packages of food, to bring us plenty of money and everything. But do you want to know what, what caused the word of the Lord to come to pass in this particular text? There's four lepers sitting outside the gate. You know what lepers are? Leprosy is a disease that when, when it gets left un, un, uncured or whatever, it will take the extremities clean off of them. They're sitting outside the gate. And the Bible says, the King James renders it that it is twilight. Do you know what twilight is? It's neither dark nor daylight. It's in between. See, what you do and say at twilight determines everything, friend. I'm in between the season. No, I'm not making what I thought I ought to be making. Come on, somebody. But I'm in between season. I'm, I mean, I know that the prophet said I'm healed, but I still got the symptoms. I'm sitting at twilight. And the four lepers looked and said, listen, man, if we sit here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, they, they don't have nothing to eat in the city. Let's go down here and surrender to the enemy, and maybe he will have mercy on us. Four lepers. I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to have a big thing. All you have to have is a word and faith and believe. I can't get no help in here this morning. I said all you have to have is a word, faith, and believe. Four lepers. I'm picturing like this. Probably one of them was missing some fingers. One of them may have been missing an arm. Couple of toes gone, ears gone. One of them may have didn't have a nose. They get up and start walking. They head down to the camp where the enemy's encamped. And God calls a commotion in the sound of their ears. Am I in the book? We just got to keep reading on through chapter 7. They go there and find the enemy completely vacated from his place, walk in, grab the spoil, take it all the way back to the city, and now there's more than enough when they wasn't. That's how the word came to pass. The key is this. If you believe what I'm preaching this morning, you've got to speak different. Listen, I'm not in that season anymore. I'm not in the season of lack. I don't care what the banker said. Are you with me? I don't care what the checkbook tries to tell me. I don't care if my boss says we ain't got no money to do, give no raises. I'm not in that season anymore. Are you with me now? My boss ain't determining my raise. My giving's determining my raise. Come on, somebody. If God said I'm blessed, I'm blessed in the city and I'm blessed in the field. Come on now. We're in a new season. What wouldn't work will work. 
Now think about this. The suddenness of God. The suddenly turnarounds. Let's look at Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. All right. You want to go right here? Let's don't let them fall back in the state of unbelief. Let's go with it one more time right here. Got to work with these people. Y'all, y'all have got this quick going by Krispy Kreme or something on the way to church. I don't know what it is. Huh? I mean, you got to quit staying up late watching Hale's best offer and sitting to the max. We got, we got to get with it. Hello? Boy, we call ourselves an army, wiping the sleep out of our eye. If we was in actual battle, we'd be, we wouldn't be able to preach nothing else but funerals. Hello? I'm not trying to beat us up, but we're not, we not alert. You ever read the Bibles? Peter said, be vigilant, be sober, be alert. Know what's going on. Your enemy's roaming around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. We got to sleep in our eye. Said, my gosh, why are you preaching like that? Because I'm believing for a new season. I'm going to walk in mine. Hello. I'm telling you right now, Michelle Meadows ain't the only one going to walk in. And I'm going to walk alongside of her. Hello. 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 I said we're going to walk in ours at the back of the house. Come on, somebody. I sat there thinking today, you know what? I hate, but I know how much that dog cost me that, that truck run over yesterday. I said, you know what? We don't despise a thief, but if a thief be found, he must restore sevenfold. I said this morning in prayer, Father, I counted up how much $100 I gave for that dog. I said, I thank you for a sevenfold return on that thing that the enemy stole from my family. Hello? Hello? My God, that'll be several longhorn meals. New dog. T.D. Jake said the word will work if you'll work the word. Y'all ready to work the word and see if it's true? Hello. I'm talking about the suddenness of God, Miss Maydean. I'm talking about I'm talking about it's been this way for years and all of a sudden something changed. Something just shifted. Something changed. Look at the man, I'm telling you, when you hear talk, well, they ain't never gonna change. That's an absolute lie from hell. Don't buy into it. Don't buy into it. I said that's a lie. Hello, don't allow nobody to speak over your kids and say they ain't never going to change. And if you said that out of your own mouth, we need to repent and ask God to forgive us. Hello, somebody. We're not to prophesy death, we're to prophesy life. Hello. You look at them and regardless of where they're at, like every time John Bentley and Asher get out of the truck, we're late for school, but I say, son, you, you go walk in the supernatural. Lay hands on the sick, cast it out. Lay hands on devils, cast them out. They turn around and laugh. I'm prophesying what I want to see out of them over their life. Suddenly, look at this. Luke chapter 13. You there? If you ain't found it by now, just trust me, I'm going to read it to you. It ain't near the book of Haggai. Come on now. <laughs> Come on now. My mother-in-law, she's, she's 18 generation Baptist now. She's quick with the words. Y'all got to show up in here now. Come on now. Y'all got to show up. <laughs> Listen to this. Verse 10, now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Look at your neighbor say, 18 years. And was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. 
But when Jesus saw her, he called to her and said, Woman, you are loose from your infirmity. And he laid his hands on her, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Say, immediately. Say, 18 years. Then suddenly. My God. If she had been in the church today in America, we'd have been teaching her how to cope for 18 more years. But let me tell you something. There's a God in heaven who believes in suddenness, friend. And he said, listen here, woman. You ain't going to have to worship no more being over. You ain't going to have to come to the house of God being over no more. My God, I feel like running. Oh, yes, Jesus, thank you for the suddenly right now. Entering into our life, Father, we thank you what took years. What took years, we thank you for being gone right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody's going to get something suddenly this week. I'm telling you right now by faith, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. 18 years and then a sudden turnaround. Suddenly. My God. I'm, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place right now. You hear me? I said suddenly. I told my somebody that drank for 35 years every day of their life suddenly lay it down, don't understand what's going on. Broken. Broken. He said, how can you believe that? Because there was a young man in Luke chapter 15 that was living in Vegas, done spent all of his money, was eaten. But the Bible says he came to himself. You know what happened? Clay was dragged to church when he was a little boy. And all of a sudden he's out there. And all of a sudden he's out there in the world doing whatever. But when mama saw the wind shift, she prophesied to the wind. Come on, somebody. The Bible says this, decree a thing and that thing shall be established. She said, Irvin, I'm telling you this. I believe that when the wind shifted, that means Clay's going to shift. The wind's changing on him. What happened? He said, just like the boy in Luke chapter 15 he came to himself called home said mama I'm done Clay I tell you there's one step program to being free get to the end of your rope and say I'm done eighteen years suddenly let's go to John chapter 5 I'm almost done here I'm entering into the, I'm getting close to the airport. I've notified them that we are in distance. Be coming down within the next four to five minutes, okay? Because we're going to pray. My God, I'm telling you, I feel the Holy Ghost in this house right now. Somebody about to get something. I don't, I'm telling you right now. Suddenly, Jesus. My, 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 my. You know, I was listening to, if you, you want to get this, I'm telling you, it's good. The new Rick Pino album. I've been listening to it nonstop. He's got a testimony on there. When he and his wife got married or whatever, they quickly had, I guess it was a little girl, right, a man, a little girl, and then just went through a season where they could not have any more children. And finally the doctor, I think, what told them that they, they, they weren't going to have no more. That was it. You, I mean, 
you got infertility issues, you're just not going to have any more. They would go places or whatever, and they would be prophesied over whatever. And he said one day he was coming through a parking lot, and an older man came up to him, and he said, Son, I don't know if you believe this, but God talks to me. And he said, I heard the Lord say that he's going to, yeah, he said, I believe in that stuff. What's he saying? He said, God said he was going to give you more children. They were in this conference or whatever. Man and woman of God laid hands on them and said this, Now God says your womb's open." what was years of a closed womb now they give birth they gave birth to that baby boy we're in that type of season now think about this let's go to the book of John 5th chapter I want to show you this after there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool which is called in Hebrew Bethesda having five porches this word Bethesda is the house of outpouring, the house of grace, having five porches. This is the picture of a house of outpouring in the house of grace with the five-fold ministry pumping out of it. Ain't got time to teach you all this, but it's all right there. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the movement of the water. All of this is not in the original language. What we're reading now was added by the King James and the King James commentators so that we could get an idea of how, of what in the world were these people laying by this pool, laying by this area. You ready? But we've preached many times about the stirring of the water, ain't we? You with me? Look at this. It says, for an angel went down at a certain time. The King James probably renders that at a certain season. I said we had a certain season. Then whomever stopped and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well for whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity for 38 years. Look at your neighbor and say 38 years. Think about this. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him and said, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when the water is stirred. But while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well and took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now here's what I want to tell you. 38 years. He's laying at the house of outpouring. At the house of grace that has a five-fold manifestation of the grace of God being released. For 38 years. Now think about this. Every season somebody else gets it. This is where I used to live at a lot. And this is where I'm tempted to live. That I believe that the blessings are for the Terry Moores. I believe that the blessings are for the Steve Bats. I believe the, best, the blessings are for the Tony Fletchers. But it's hard for me to sometimes believe that God really wants to bless me. We got to change the way we think that God doesn't bless the select few. Come on, somebody. The blessing's not reserved for the Harrys, the Toms, and the Billies. The blessing is reserved for all of us that reach in by faith. And Jesus showed up and said, man, you've been laying here 38 years waiting on somebody else. I'm telling you today, you don't have to wait on nobody else. Listen to this. Gosh, I'm trying to prime a well, boy. We got about, we, we got about a half a pint of water down there. Now we're hitting it. You feel it? We... 
Well, I'm, I'm priming deep down there. We have to call Fulgham to Footwell or something's going wrong down here, but we got some coming out right here. Listen to this. What we've been waiting on is the year of Jubilee and all this. Listen, there's a Jubilee every single day. Why? Jesus Christ hung and died and bled on the cross. He became poor that you could become rich. He became sick that you could become well. It's a Jubilee every day of your life. You don't have to wait. You don't have to wait for the stirring, friend. It's already been stirred. He stirred it over 2,000 years ago. He stirred the waters when he went down the Via Della Rosa and walked up Golgotha, the place of the skull. Are you with me now? And when he cried out with a voice, with a loud voice, it is finished. Let me tell you something. The veil in the temple was ripped from was ripped in two. And now he made a way for you and I to walk in what I'm preaching. Well, you know. I've been here for 38 years. I've seen others get it. I mean, I, I, I was there today that Michelle heard the word and she believed and she got it. I've seen Jim and Audra get it. I've seen them like the Jeffersons move on up, but it don't never seem to come by my house. I came here this morning to tell you God wants to come by your house, friend. I come by to tell you just like Zacchaeus. He said, Zacchaeus, you think I'm reserved for the elect, but I come by today to tell you that I'm coming to your house to eat. Did you hear what I said? I said, I'm coming to your house to eat tonight. This thing's not reserved for the elect. We give his story Wednesday night over in Quitman. Now they'd stand up on you over there. I mean, so I got to realize where we're at. This is the Holy Ghost. It's Holy Ghost. That ain't what. That wasn't the Holy Ghost way I was raised up. When bobby pins went to flying and high heels come off, that was the Holy Ghost. Y'all remember something like that? This, 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 this uh, new millennium Holy Ghosts. I would quit. I would quit. They say that that's how you tell the difference between Pentecostal. Pentecostals, I mean, you know that. Charismaticus. Catholic, she's charismatic. Hot. I'm Pentecost. Hot. Listen to this. There's this couple laying in the bed. It's people I gleaned from. It says about 1.30 in the morning. He said, he just said this. He said, let's pray right here. Let's believe by faith that we're going to pay our house off. See, when I tell you about the season you're in, listen to me. And the suddenness, don't look over there at the 30-year mortgage. Believe you're going to pay it off this year. Some of you sound, I, I just can't believe, I said, believe you're going to pay it off this year. Believe you're going to walk up there to Andy, to the dealership, and get you a Denali, and when he says, you want to go over here and finance? I said, no, I'll come right here with a check with it. Hello, come on, somebody. This is what we, you can't preach this down here in the South. We so, man, I'm trying to help us. So they prayed. Now, when they prayed, he didn't say that the lights flickered. Angels manifested. Just prayed. Now, here's where we got to get to. I want to say this, that we've got to have faith in the Word regardless of what you feel. Hello. I said the Word's the Word regardless if you got goosebumps, 
regardless if Ali Mack is back here helping us and Emmett releasing something in the house, the word is the word. Hello? Jesus did not call and say, Emmett, I need you and Ali Mack to get to Jairus' house. I need y'all to go down there and pray and play at least for one hour because there's mourners and doubters and all that going on in there and I need y'all to clear the atmosphere so that I can get in there and release the word to Lethi Kume to say, little girl that is descend to you, arise. I need you to go prepare the way. No, listen, he had faith in the word. When he walked up to Lazarus, he looked up to heaven and said, God, I thank you that you hear me all the time. But listen, I got a bunch of doubters standing over here to the left. I'll just say this so that they can hear me say it in their ears. Now, Lazarus, come forth. We got to have faith in the word. Hello? Do I got any Kenneth Hagin, Kenneth Copeland people that believe the word of God? And Charles Stanley. That's what I'm talking about. I love me some Charles Stanley too. Come on, somebody. Good five-fold teacher of the gospel. Let's believe God play our house off. He leaves out there. He said this, but he said he was diligently on it. He said that Lord had blessed him. Been going to several conferences or whatever. He'd been paying like two or three payments a month on his house. Now, he doesn't live in South Georgia. Lives in California. Mortgage on his house left was half a million dollars. So I said, oh my God, look what kind of house he's living in. How many's ever seen flip or flop on HGTV? Buying a little old box out there. I think we can get 550 for it. Are you crazy? Here's my redneck. My, I'd be like, we ain't paying for that. I'll back a single wide up in here for 25000 <laughs> Hello. Look at the tiny houses. I'm off of it now. Listen, I ain't anointed right here. The tiny houses. Pay a 65000 to hook something on the trailer. I mean, I just get me a bigger ball to put on the back of the truck go to Wayne Fire. 35. It's crazy. All right. She believes he's going to pay the house off. So he's at this conference. He's praying for a bunch of people. There's this guy come up and he's, he goes to lay hands on him. He say, man, he say, I ain't here for you to pray for me. Now, like me, I've been like, well, my God, brother, you got it figured out. Then lay hands on me. He said, I'm not here to pray for you. He said, I'm here to pay your house off. He's like, he looked at me and said, he said, what, you don't think I can pay your house off? He says, not that. He said, I owe a lot of money on my house. He said, well, do you owe more than $3 million? He said, because I was prepared up to $3 million. He said, no, he said, I... I owe half a million on my house. He said, I tell you what. He said, listen here, buddy. He said, if you pay my house off, here's the deal. We're not going to be friends. You're not calling me. I'm not calling you. We're not going to be Facebook pals. Nothing. You're not getting access into my life because you're going to offer me some money. He said, I tell you what. He said, you go back and talk with your pastor for three days, and I'll call you in three days. He said, listen here, man. He said, I done heard from God. I don't have to talk to my pastor. He said, the reason why I'm here is I bought a boat. I think the boat was like $650,000. He said, and the Lord spoke to me and said, I could not have the boat to take the boat back until I come and pay your house off. He said, I don't, listen, he said, I could care. I don't want your house. I don't want to be Facebook buddies with you. What I want is that boat. Come on now. I said, we're in another season right here. Come on now.
I mean, if somebody pulls up my driveway when I get home, be on the front porch, she caught up. There they are. Oh, my God. They be like, hey, I'm at the wrong address. I'm like, oh, man, thank you, Lord. I still believe it, though. Come on. The guy goes back. Three days later, they set it up, wires the money, pays his house off. He's sitting there. I mean, they're just amazed at what God's done. Two days later, the guy calls back and says, Listen, I, w- I took that boat back, and when I did, he said, I went a little bigger, $750,000. He said, The Lord says, Since I took care of your house for you, he said, I could have the bigger boat now. He said, May the Lord richly bless you. See you on the other side. Come on now. Hello. Hello. Do you think that's reserved for the great preachers of the land? Come on, somebody. That's reserved for you. I'm sick and tired of looking at my checkbook register and that telling me what I can and cannot do for the kingdom of God. When my father owns the cattle of a thousand hills, when he walks down streets of gold, are you with me, friend? He will absolutely embarrass Trump Towers. He will absolutely embarrass Fifth Avenue. Come on, Rodeo Drive or any other place that's got plenty of money in this land. That is our father in heaven. And he says, you're in a season where I want to pour it out over your life. Hot. We're almost done. I called them in, tell them we fit in the land. Put your seatbelt on. We're going down. Now, right here, I'm going to skip this, but listen. How many believe this? Nobody gave Jesus a shot at Lazarus. Even, even, even Martha, when he walked up to the tomb and he said, Roll the stone away, she said, Oh, Lord, he's been in there for four days. Don't do that. Jesus looked at her and said this only believe all things are possible to them that believe now this is where we got to get to right here we're fixing to pray go to Mark chapter 9 Mark chapter 9 verse 14 when he came to the disciples he saw a great multitude around them scribes disputing with them immediately when they saw him they were all immediately when they saw him all the people were greatly amazed and running to him greeted him and he asked the scribes, what are you discussing with them? Then one of the crowds answered and said, Teacher, I brought you my son who has a mute spirit. And whenever it seizes, wherever it seizes him, it throws him down and he foams at the mouth, gnashes teeth and, bec- and becomes rigid. So I spoke to your disciples that they should cast it out, but they could not. And he answered and said to the, and, and, and he said, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I appear, I bear with you? Bring him to me. Look how encouraging Jesus was as a pastor. 
Come on. Then they brought him to him, and when he saw him, immediately the spirit convulsed him. and fell on the ground and wallowed and foaming at the mouth. And he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often it has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Now look at this. I want you to draw right here with me. Don't, don't miss this. Here is a dad that has watched an issue with his child since he was a small boy. Now look at his faith. If you can do anything. If you can do anything. If you can do anything. If you can do anything, just have mercy on us. God, this has happened and been in my life for so long. For so long. For so long. How's it ever? How's it ever going to change? I'm telling you this morning, if you can only believe. Jesus turned around and said, if you can only believe. Notice what he told Jesus. If you can. Jesus turned around and said, if you can. If you can, Jesus. Jesus said, if you can, Cleve. If you can, Cat. If you can. If you can but only believe, then he goes on to say that this kind cometh out by nothing but what? Fasting and prayer. And the churches thought that that particular demon right there is what it took to fast and pray. No, what did Jesus say? This kind, this kind what? Of unbelief only comes out by fasting and prayer. He ain't talking about no level of spirit. He's talking about unbelief. The only way you're going to get unbelief out of your life is through fasting and prayer. Hello? The Holy Spirit is imprisoned in unbelieving believers. I believe that angels are standing on the sideline right now waiting to give somebody a high five to get in the game. They're waiting for a church to believe for something that, that enables them to get in the game to help us. Most of the stuff we can do, we can do by ourselves. Oh, we're just going to believe in feeding the poor. Well, we can feed the poor without God. All we need is somebody with money. Come on. We can clothe the naked without God. All we need is somebody with money. But we can't break cancer. We can't heal the sick and we can't cast out devils without God. Hello. If we can only believe. If we can only believe. I cut up with my mother-in-law because they were... They spent the night with us on Thursday night. Pray for us, church. But uh, no, she's cutting up. I love her dearly. And she knows. I am her favorite son-in-law. She'll tell you that. I'm the only one she's got. And so, but she and I talked for a great, what was it? Thursday, Friday morning. Thursday morning. Friday morning. And I told her, I said, when you come back in two weeks or whenever you come back, I said, I'm going to give about two weeks. And I said, I'm going to see how much of the counsel you've applied. Well, I just cut that with her. But I was just telling her what the Lord was saying to me about all of this stuff that I believe that we're at a place right now if we can believe different church. Mr. Jimmy, if you could just believe where you got five, ten, if you could believe for a hundred ambulances running down the road. If you could believe for ambulances in multiple states, this is where we're at. 
Do you think, let, let me ask you this, church. Do you think when Gary Brooks jumped on that stage and he prophesied about this ministry reaching those other states, do you think that was limited to men that hold the microphone and preach the gospel? No, sir, friend. I do not believe it was. I believe there was a whole lot more to that word. I believe it's commerce is locked up in that word. Hello. Huh? See, we got a lot of vision that we want to do for this community. We ain't going to get it done with $1,000. You can't build a new ballpark with $1,000. Hello. We can't build a new football field with $1,000. You take just like Grant's baseball team with 15 people on it at the middle school. To put a, I mean, it's going to cost a pretty penny to put them all in matching cleats, matching back bags, matching helmets. Right? And how about this? A card that you put in their hand that when they go play Valdosta, the coach can take them by and feed them. Come on. Hello. It's going to take real money. But you know where that money's going to come from? That money's going to come from, it's going to come to you and through you. I said the ones that is coming through is the ones that's coming to. Hello. Gosh, I'm dropping it right here. Come on now. So what I'm believing for is Mr. Jimmy's going to have 100 ambulances running. He says, son, don't pray that over me right now. He's going to have 100 ambulances. And he himself ain't going to have to worry about getting on the ambulance. He just got to worry about praying into the vision. Come on, somebody. Hello. The blessing of God maketh one rich and addeth no sorrow to it. That's what I'm believing. Friend, believe for divine favor. You know what, Catherine, I, I'm not believing that she's going to get some whopping raise. You know what the greatest wage I pray for her? What's the greatest blessing? I, not that she's going to make some extra hundred something thousand dollars a year. We just pray God give her the cream of the crop students that go in that place. Give us some that know how to act right. Yes. The heathen bless them with the heathen. Huh? See, blessing is not just monetarily. Come on now. We'll have the healthiest marriages. We'll have the healthiest children. Come on, you'll be like, man, I had to take my child to the doctor every week. My child ain't been to the doctor in four years. What's going on? The blessing of God has landed on our house. Hello, hello. Do you know that, and I'm done right here, but I was in a class a couple weeks ago. Did not the man say this? Well, you know now the life expectancy, I think is 90 years old. Is that, is it? Yeah, around 90. They was talking about the way that health and all that is going that we could see people, I forget by what year it is, that people live in an average life expectancy of 140 years. People in their 60s going back to get their PhD, starting a second career. Done raised my kids. You know, done raised my grandkids. I'm fitting to have seed for their kids. Come on now. Stand up right here. Uh, this is what I feel like we got to pray. We would have to pray this right here. If you own a business, if you, if, you are, if you own a business, could you come down here to the front? Thanks for listening to this message. For more exciting content, visit our website at sparkswillfly.cc and connect with us on social media.